It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by our dudes over at DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, recording on a Thursday this week, which was genius. Number one, I'm in a hotel room in Birmingham, Alabama. I've got Alabama A&M at UAB on your TV, CBS Sports Network, 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Looking forward to that. Love me some college football. Their new stadium, by the way, at UAB is sweet. And recording on Thursday allowed us to not only see all the cuts, but all the waiver claims and have roster churn settle a little bit before the great Joe Dolan and I make sure you know what you need to know from a very, what, busy week in the NFL. We started week three of the preseason a week ago. So we had games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we had some cuts Monday, the rest of the cuts Tuesday, the waiver claims Wednesday. And here we are on Thursday. Follow Joe on social media like I do. I follow less than 80 people because I read every tweet that every one of my tweeters tweets, and one of them is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. He is the master of everything he oversees at fantasypoints.com, where now is the best time. Actually, the best time was like three months ago, okay? But the second best time is right now to use the code 22FEAST at fantasypoints.com. Also, you really should go ahead and follow at Ross Tucker NFL and at Ross Tucker Pod because I'm giving away free Madden codes left and right. I'm not messing around. I got a bunch of Madden codes and I'm not afraid to use them. Anyway, Joe, there's a lot to get to. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we start with any takeaways we had from the preseason uh, week three games. I don't know if we just move on yeah. to the what the roster transactions that matter, the Brian Robinson Ugh. scary incident. I mean, I honestly, I don't know where to start other than to say this, Joe. Holy crap, running backs, man. I mean, you look at the guys like getting cut. It's like Duke Johnson and Marlon Mack and um, Philip Lindsay. And like, these are all guys that, like, I don't know, a year or two years ago, they were, like, fantasy relevant, and now they're just into the ether, man. Well, Duke Johnson was actually fantasy relevant last year. Uh, you remember he came on, he came on and uh, actually had a couple of moments uh, at the end of the season. I think he actually had his first career 100-yard rushing game at the end of last season. It's just, you know, I think teams are trying to get younger at the position, and well, w- with Marlon Mack, unfortunately for him, he had the Achilles tear two years ago, and... We know, uh, look, Cam Akers came back in five months from that, which was basically unprecedented, but it's been an injury in the past that has been a career ender for some running backs. So, I I mean, now Damian Pierce maybe made him expendable. You know, they kept Royce Freeman over him, though, which was a real concern because Freeman's a guy, you know, he, he... 
He can play on three downs. And then they cut Freeman just um, to pick up Tyler Johnson on the waiver wire. And they have Dario Gumbawale there who can play special teams. So that, that's a key thing. But, like, unfortunately, you know, you're right. Some of these running backs, they they just they, – they had some injuries or whatever. And the thing with Duke Johnson – I think he just got kind of caught in a numbers game in in Buffalo because Zach Moss played well this preseason. That was a guy who you could have made the easy argument he was on the outs heading into the the training camp, but he ended up playing well, and they obviously have Singletary, who was their leading rusher last year, and then they drafted James Cook. So I think Duke Johnson was more of a numbers game, but I think, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these veteran running backs, it's hard for them to get, you know, second and especially third contracts. It's a shame for them. Um, but I think a lot of it was a numbers game. And then with Marlon Mack, unfortunately, I think the injury was something that really had, uh, has, had probably robbed him of his potential. Okay. I don't even want to do this segue, so I won't. But you just said robbed him of his potential. We have a situation in Washington. That made me think about it again. Brian Robinson attempted, I guess, carjacking, robbery, extremely scary, very sad. It sounds like he's out of the hospital already. Oh, he's out of the hospital. He was at their facility earlier this week. Now, the commanders put Brian Robinson right before we got on this podcast on the non-football injury list. But Ian Rappaport, I saw a tweet from him. He's got to miss the first four games. Okay, he got shot twice. Okay, like this. I, this is not something that like we can look at. Oh, oh, it's, this is like a hamstring injury. No, it's not. And and you know, I when somebody asked me, when do you think Brian Robinson's going to be back? All right, first and foremost, dude. I we're talking fantasy football here. Like, can we take a step back? But also. The good news is, and and A, number one, above all, if we're talking about this situation, Brian Robinson is number one, alive. Number two, doing well. Number three, it is a miracle that he's going to be able to resume his football career. The biggest miracle of all is he's on the NFI, but Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported that there is a chance he's back by week five. He would have to miss – he has to miss the first four games. Okay, like, he got shot, okay? He had to undergo surgery. That's a traumatic injury, both mentally and physically. But the fact that he has an opportunity to resume his career this year, I don't give a crap what he looks like when he's on the field. That is just fantastic, and I'm thrilled for the kid. Uh, Got shot in in the glute and the knee, and apparently getting shot in nothing, no bone, no ligaments were damaged, just incredible. I'm just thankful Brian Robinson is okay. Um – uh, relatively just, just just phenomenal for Brian Robinson a promising young man who looks like he's going to be able to show us that promise and maybe significantly sooner than anybody would have thought just fantastic okay what does it mean for the other Washington running backs what look I know Joe the guy got shot everything you just said but a lot of people have their drafts this weekend right like we got to know what what would you recommend right now for Gibson and Robinson, knowing what we know right now, 10.40 a.m. Eastern Thursday morning after the Rappaport report. So I would think Antonio Gibson once again is going to be the lead back. But I also Ron Rivera said he doesn't plan on taking Antonio Gibson off of kick returns. Um, that, that was a concerted effort by them. I think, to to get Gibson in space more. And I think one of the big problems for Gibson 
has been really navigating the line of scrimmage, navigating the narrow gaps that a running back has to has to find in order to get every yard that is blocked for them. And But he is a guy who, remember, he was a college wide receiver, so he's more used to making guys miss in space. And I think that is definitely something they want to do. I think Gibson by far is the favorite to lead this backfield over the first four plus weeks of the season in carries and touches and all of that stuff. But it is notable that they kept Jonathan Williams on the roster. And if they don't trust Gibson to be kind of their lead back, we are going to know very soon. Because if Jonathan Williams is getting carries in week one, then that means when Brian Robinson is healthy, Brian Robinson's going to get carries. But this is obviously an opportunity for Antonio Gibson here. I don't think J.D. McKissick's role changes. Maybe he gets a few more snaps, but he's still going to be the passing down guy. He's not somebody they're going to bang between the tackles 10 to 15 times a game. That's not going to happen. And we know Carson Wentz is, let's just say he's uh, allergic to the check down. So I'm thinking Gibson leads leads the way. He's probably going to be somebody who I would consider a lower-end RB2 uh, in week one and for the beginning of the season, but I'm very curious if their plans at all change and Jonathan Williams is somebody who ends up getting carries in week one. That is one of the key things I'll be watching. Okay, let's move on, Joe. What else is of consequence? Um, We have guys, Tyler Johnson. Your reference gets cut by the Bucks. He goes to the Texans. Um, we have Jalen Rager go to the Vikings. Yeah. What are any other moves that are – look, there's teams that play in deep leagues. There's best ball yeah. leagues. What, what else do we need to discuss here? One that was particularly interesting to me was uh, the Chargers going and getting Sony Michelle after the Dolphins cut him. The, the, the Chargers have clearly wanted that kind of – banger in the backfield they've tried to draft one in each of the last three seasons they tried uh joshua kelly then larry roundtree then they drafted isaiah spiller this year but spiller had uh, an ankle problem in camp and really wasn't impressing the powers that be there and uh there was a lot of reports uh, daniel popper of the athletic had been kind of insistent that Joshua Kelly, who's averaged 3.1 yards per carry in his NFL career thus far, was the number two back in camp behind Austin Eckler. Now, I think this shows you what they think right now of Kelly and what they've seen of Spiller so far, that they go out and get Sony Michelle, who, look, say what you want about him. I think the chronic knee problems, he's, he's getting his knee drained all the time, have robbed him of some of the explosiveness that, you know, you thought he might have had when he came out of Georgia. Uh, he was a first-round pick with the Patriots. But say what you want about Sonny Michel. He is, quote-unquote, boring. But this is somebody who, in his first four NFL seasons, has led two different Super Bowl champions in rushing during the regular season. With the Patriots, back in, I believe, his rookie season. And then the Rams this past year, he was their leading rusher. He, but he's a capable grinder. And how about this? Over the last uh, six weeks of the 2021 season, Michelle was second in touches among all players, fourth in yards from scrimmage among all players, and third in missed tackles forced among all players. Wait, 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 Joe. Say those stats again? Yeah, how about that? Over the final six weeks of the 2021 season, Sony Michelle was second in touches, fourth in yards from scrimmage, and third in missed tackles forced with the Rams. Now, remember... He wore down a little bit, and then they gave Cam Akers 
that role in the playoffs. But Sony Michelle does the things that the Chargers probably want from their backfield. And, and remember, Austin Eckler, this was from uh, the People's Pre-Game Podcast in March, said, you can even go ask my management, like, hey, make sure you limit my touches. Like, you got to make sure I can get through the entire season. So they want, don't want Austin Eckler to get 300 touches. But here's the, here's the bottom line. I'm not worried about Eckler. Like, we, he's incredibly efficient. He's a great receiver. Those are all the things that – and he's in a great offense. So those are all the things we want uh, from a fantasy running back. I'm just saying, like, hey, maybe you spent some best ball picks on Sony Michelle when he was with Miami. Oh, you know, he's a second-to-last-round second, second to last round type of guy. I can go get him and he'll get me carries. Those shares aren't dead yet. And honestly, he's probably the guy, if I'm in a deeper league and I want a second charger back on my roster just for this year, Michelle is probably the guy there. So I thought it was really telling that the Chargers went out and got Sony Michelle after the Dolphins cut him because I think he's probably the number two back right now. Interesting. Um, very interesting. All right, what else you got for me, Joe? Because I know there's yeah. do any of these any of these receiver moves matter to you, whether it's Tyler Johnson or Rager or anybody? Uh, Tyler Johnson's interesting to keep an eye on because there were a lot of folks who liked Tyler Johnson. He had an incredible production profile at Minnesota um, that a lot of people liked, but it was athleticism concerns that dropped him to the fifth round um, in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, remember, he played alongside Rashad Bateman there at Minnesota. Um, he didn't really assuage those concerns. When in his time with the Texans, or in his time with the Buccaneers, rather. And he also had some drops in key situations. He couldn't really take advantage of his increased opportunity when the Bucs were down Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown last year. Uh, but it's a fresh start for him. And that Texans depth chart was wide open at receiver behind Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. So there's going to be an opportunity for him to be the number three receiver there. Somebody to focus on in deep leagues. Now, the... Eagles traded Jalen Rager to Minnesota, and uh, I mean, look, Rager is probably Ross. You you've seen him up close. Probably the worst decision of Howie Roseman's career. Everybody knows it. Now he's. Uh, what did you? By the way, let me ask you. What did you see from Rager this preseason? Yeah. So two different things here. Number one, ultimately, when you're the GM, everything, the buck starts and stops with you there is different uh you know you've heard i've heard different reports i don't know how much stock to put in them as to whose call that was you know and and quite frankly i've heard people say oh that was a peterson move or that was the owner's move or that was you just don't really know you know what i mean you don't you don't really know whose move it was so ultimately you just put on howie roseman he is the gm um you know, so if he's going to get all the credit for all the good moves they've made, then that's one that's bad. I'll say this, and I talked about this with Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast today. I thought this was his best camp. I thought he did a lot of good things. And on the preseason games, Joe, I said I thought he would help them win football games this year, and I meant it. You know, as number five receiver, yeah, guys get hurt. Guys get banged up, right? Like – Number five receiver means he's number three or number four for a number of games. I thought he would help the Eagles win some games this year. I thought he was a very quality number five is how I would describe it. You know, he's not a great or polished route runner, so he doesn't get naturally a lot of separation. 
He has inconsistent hands, although they were very consistent in camp this year. And he's explosive, but I'm not sure he's as explosive as maybe they thought he was going to be or I thought he was going to be. Like, he's explosive, but he's not, like, breathtaking. Like, I don't think he's as explosive as Quez Watkins. Well, that, that's the funny part to me. Now, he gets traded in Minnesota, so let's analyze it from this way. First and foremost, have you ever seen a trade that had a conditional pick that had a statistical de-escalator? I have. It's rare, but I have. So essentially what this is, is the Eagles got a seventh rounder and a fourth rounder, but that fourth rounder can become a fifth if Rager doesn't reach certain statistical parameters. We don't, I don't think I've seen what those parameters are reported. Uh, Color me skeptical that he'll be able to hit them based on what we've seen, but uh, who knows? They could just be 30 punt returns or something because that's what he's expected to do in Minnesota is to be kind of a return man. Now the question is for Rager is, this looked like a kid to me who had confidence issues at time. How? What is his confidence issue going to be like lining up next to Justin Jefferson, who is the guy he is not Rager's fault, but justifiably compared to because he was drafted the pick before him. But here is the thing that I want people to not overreact. I've been pushing K.J. Osborne as a nice like later, middle, later round option. I don't think this affects – K.J. Osborne's fantasy value, let alone the value of Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. I don't think that's part of the case. But the funny part is, Ross, and this is the way that, like, Howie Rosen... And look, if you have a general manager who's going to make mistakes, it's going to happen. But the least the least the general manager can do is admit and move on. And Howie Roseman did a great... Howie Roseman essentially got for Jalen Rager what he traded away for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That's pretty freaking good. That's good work, for, given the fact that, you know, Rager was a sunk cost. But here's the irony of the whole situation that really stands out to me. They took Rager over Justin Jefferson, ostensibly because they viewed him as more explosive on the perimeter, something the Eagles lacked in the year leading up to when they traded for, uh, uh, when they uh, when they drafted Rager, rather. But if they had just drafted Jefferson... And then just taking Quez Watkins in the sixth round, which is what they did, they would have gotten the explosiveness they were looking for. Quez Watkins has 58 more receiving yards in his two seasons with the Eagles than Jalen Rager does. I mean, it's just funny how things work out, but I think this is a little bit of a humbling thing, I think, for Howie Roseman because he has been justifiably praised for everything he's done this offseason. That is a freaking good football team. But this one, I think, was just kind of... Let's remove the bad spot from the apple, whether it was Rager's fault or not, and let's go forward and let's go for and let's go onward. Now, what's interesting to me is the Eagles have just four wide receivers on their fifty-three. I think they still have a roster spot, but you also watch and and like you said, guys are going to contribute. This is going to be a team that scores a lot of points. That Deion Kane had a pretty good preseason for them, and he's on their practice squad. But um, it, right now it's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Zach Pascal, and Quez Watkins. That's a deep and versatile receiving core in Philadelphia, presuming nobody gets hurt. Yeah, two things. One is they could easily elevate um, a guy like Deion Kane every week if they want to mm-hmm. um, off the practice squad, or at least early in the season, and then make a decision. Secondly, the craziest part about Ortega Whiteside and Jeff and uh, um, Jalen Rager is Howie Roseman traded both of them to the team that got the receiver that the Eagles fans wanted. They wanted Metcalf instead of Ortega Whiteside. 
They wanted Jefferson instead of Rager. And it's just, I mean, at a minimum, Joe, really ironic that Howie Roseman sends them to the place where everybody wanted him. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I don't think he was thinking about that. He was just looking for the best offer. But it is funny. You know, the thing with Metcalf, I can at least let that one slide because there are report of medicals on Metcalf, which obviously have not really come to pass. The the Rager over Jefferson thing, that they just galaxy brained themselves. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. They just they you know let's let's uh, let's 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 outthink ourselves. And like at the time. You know, there were thoughts that Jefferson was just a big slot receiver, but obviously, hell, even if he was just a big slot receiver, big slot receivers have a lot of value in the NFL these days. And, you know, at, I think Howie Roseman, just two years before that, had built a Super Bowl champion. I remember twisting myself into a pretzel to justify what they did. Hindsight, I mean, foresight was 2020 at that point. Hindsight is obviously even clearer than that. Speaking of foresight, have some foresight. And take advantage of this unbelievable deal from DraftKings. They're giving new customers. I think maybe Kansas is open now. I know Massachusetts is. Bet just $5 on any football game. They got college games this weekend, the pros the next week, and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any game that's code ross only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl joe what did i miss what matters we've got some time left clean up my messes was there anything that you saw on the field in week three preseason that mattered or is there anything else that we need to discuss yeah well, well i think trey sermon is one thing to discuss and i know we're talking about some some quite frankly, scrubs on this program who are going to end up on practice squads. But I think it's important because we know, and let's just talk 49ers in general, quite frankly. Can I just say something? And I and I yeah. know you're not like this, Joe. That you calling any NFL player, active roster, practice squad, a scrub. I know, I know. It's that, that goes through me. Like the, the Eagles' first cuts – was Abby Fadehi, who was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year? Like, you know how hard it is to be the MAC uh, Defensive yeah, Player I of the know. Year. Like, I always... Bill Dunkel was an All American. Like, I know what you mean. I know at the NFL level, they're scrubs, but that that just goes through me, bro. I got to be honest with you. Uh, all right, I, dude, Ross, I do not mean to insult you. I am so sorry about that. Um, they can call me a scrub if they want. Hell, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I mean, all I do is sit here and talk. I'm a, I'm, I'm a jack. Of course, I'm worried about what Sean Clifford's going to do tonight. But Sean Clifford can throw a football ninety times farther than I can. So, jokes on Dolan here. Um, let's talk about the 49ers in general. They can twist it in whatever direction they want, Ross. And I know you've had these discussions, business of football, talking with Greg Cosell. Until Jimmy Garoppolo is not on that roster, the questions will justifiably be raised with Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance can – there's one way Trey Lance can make these things go all the way. He can look great for the first, like, three weeks of the season, and then we're like, all right, this, they made the right call. Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. But – Reports of a shaky camp, maybe a shaky preseason. 
This is a Super Bowl roster that the San Francisco 49ers have. They are not going to throw away a Super Bowl roster if they think Trey Lance isn't getting the job done. And Jimmy Garoppolo is there. So tell me what your thoughts are on Jimmy Garoppolo because, look, they didn't get what they wanted and they didn't want to cut him. I understand that. If they got a justifiable offer, they would have traded him, okay? That's part of it. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. Trey Lance hasn't really answered any of the bells yet. He's not just he's not just there because uh because they didn't want to cut him. He's he's there because he's the escape hatch for them in my opinion, Ross. I agree. And um you know, it's probably not the most comfortable situation for Trey Lance, but Correct. listen, if that's the difference, if Trey Lance doesn't perform at a high enough level because Jimmy G's over his shoulders, then Trey Lance probably wasn't the guy anyway, right? Like, situations are rarely perfect. He needs to adapt and overcome and get it done. He, he needs to show that he can get it done at that level, at a high level. I think it was smart for the Niners because Trey Lance – might not be ready still because he only played one year in college at the FCS level. And or, you know, he got hurt last year and he likes to run. He could get hurt again. And, I mean, I think it's great for the Niners for a lot of reasons. I'm a little bit confused about it from Jimmy G's perspective, like why he wouldn't have rather, uh, you know, just said, cut me. Because they weren't going to have his salary on the opening day roster. Then he would just be a free agent now. But I guess he wanted to be have his salary locked in, and I guess he didn't think he could get more money than that elsewhere later. So this way, he's at least on a team. He's getting a, a year, you know, he's all those things. Um, but then still has the power to go somewhere else. It's a very interesting situation, to say the least. Yeah, I, and look, um, you're right about all those things. And I think we had this discussion recently with Carson Wentz, right? Like, dude. I, and and once again, you know, Howie Roseman, let, let's say this, this the year that they took Jalen Rager was also the year they drafted Jalen Hurts. And we're twisting ourselves into a pretzel trying to trying to justify the Jalen Rager pick. Meanwhile, we're trashing them for the Jalen Hurts pick. Turns out that was a pretty freaking good draft pick and good work by Howie Roseman um, because what essentially it was was an enema, right? It cleared the Eagle system. They found out everything they needed to know about Carson Wentz after that draft pick. So maybe this is a similar situation. If you can't, if Trey Lance can't handle Jimmy Garoppolo over his shoulder, then he's probably not the guy. You know, Wentz's situation that's, that's was different. That's exactly Wentz, right. Wentz had already been paid, so... Wentz having that level of insecurity or whatever is way more on him than it is on Trey Lance right now, who's an unproven player. But you're right. I mean, a quarterback in the NFL has to handle situations that are where it's essentially all on them to an outsized degree out of any other position in sports. It's the name of the gig. And Kyle Shanahan thinks he schemed up an offense that is a pretty freaking great way to make sure it isn't all on the quarterback at all times. It's an offense that's gotten them to the Super Bowl and very nearly dropped interception away from going to another Super Bowl last year. And I, I, the way I look at it is 
If Trey Lance can't produce in that environment, then they're going to move on from him. And Kyle Shanahan does not care where you got drafted, okay? Trey Sermon was a third-round pick last year who was a permanent resident of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. A sixth-round pick last year beat him out. The writing was on the wall when they spent another third-round pick this year on Davis Price. And they kept a UDFA this year, Jordan Mason, over Trey Sermon. Kyle Shanahan doesn't care where you got drafted. If the third overall pick is not going to get the job done, then they will move on and they'll go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, I'm rooting for Trey Lance. First, I play fantasy football, okay? I'm sitting here, Dave Gettleman style, right? That's what I do. And from a fantasy football perspective... Trey Lance is exactly what we want. He's got a massive arm, he's huge, and he can run. Those are things that are great for fantasy football. That's the guy I want starting at quarterback for the 49ers. But I have to be honest, if he's not getting it done, Jimmy Garoppolo has proven himself beyond capable of doing the job. And if I'm drafting 49ers pass catchers, I drafted George Kittle last night uh, in a high-stakes draft, I actually feel better about my investment now because I know – that if Trey Lance isn't getting the ball to Debo Samuel and Ayuk and George Kittle, they will go to Jimmy Garoppolo, and he will get those guys the football. Here's everybody needs to do right now. Follow that guy on social media, at FG underscore Dolan. Follow me, at Ross Tucker NFL and at Ross Tucker Pod, so that you can get one of these free Madden codes I'm giving out. And, of course, go to FantasyPoints.com. And use that code 22BEAST so that you get a discount on the greatest fantasy football content out there. Next week, we will have not one, but two Fantasy Feast podcasts as we get you ready for each and every fantasy relevant player week one in the NFL. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.